And welcome to another episode of Epic Loot Radio. Brian here going to be sitting down with Space Tomato to have a wonderful and hopefully fun casual chat about all things Star Citizen and even perhaps some content creation. We like to talk shop here a little bit inside baseball from time to time. I'm always curious as to how people approach their content and overall just the overall experience that they have uh with creating videos so welcome in space tomato would you would you mind giving yourself a, a little bit of an intro for those of you who uh who are over here from the prime side that have maybe have never seen your content sure well thank you for having me i uh, appreciate being on i am a youtube person i do star citizen youtube content mainly i jump into different space games but i i generally stick to star citizen and i like to uh tackle the game from a more historic perspective so we look at the development of the entire you know lifetime of this game rather than just this one time that something's happening now so add some context give people an idea of how that development's gone and then wrap it up by explaining where things are going in the future so do that on streams uh long form content on my second channel space tomato 2 some more prepared videos on my main channel and then i also stream on youtube and then twitch and I do a, a couple podcasts that you were on last week. Yeah, which we had a great I, time. Oh, dude, it was so much fun. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's one of the things I love about video games, especially with its podcasts. That's that's what actually got me started uh, making uh, videos on YouTube as I was running this podcast for Final Fantasy 14 for years and years and years. And then essentially I was like, you know what? I, I guess I'll start putting some stuff out on the YouTube space. And then uh, that, and I was like, oh, I should have been doing this this whole time. Uh, wow, this is incredible. Much more, or at least a much greater reach on YouTube than, yeah. than hey guys, subscribe yeah. to my podcast. It's like, I mean, it's like the numbers you see when you're behind the scenes compared to say Spotify or YouTube. And it's, some people on Spotify do great, but like when you're putting out content that could be in a YouTube video, it tends to do a lot better in a YouTube video. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about Star Citizen because I uh, was on your show and we got to sit down and got to give my impressions of the game uh, itself as a newcomer, as somebody who literally hasn't spent 10 years following the game and has either hit a point where I, it kind of like two paths diverge. Either like we're already in, this game's coming out, like I'm excited for it, we just don't know when, or you know, like you get like, I can't believe I've spent so much money on an alpha, you know, that that seems to be the path divergence that I that I see in here. Um, yeah. But for your perspective from uh, like, when did you start uh, following Star Citizen? Why did you start following and being interested in this game? And then what caused you to jump into content creation specifically with Star Citizen? Hmm. Okay, well, I started with Star Citizen back in 2013, like around when it first started. And it's funny because I come from a very RPG background. I'm not a, like a lot of people will come from maybe Wing Commander or Freelancer and uh, be used to sort of like flying spaceships and stuff. Yeah, That's not where I come from. So when I look at Star Citizen, it's not necessarily the flying the spaceships that interests me, which is kind of part of how I try to angle my content. 
Mm -hmm. but I got into it back in 2014, 2013, because I was looking for something after Mass Effect. And okay. Star Wars 1313 was like a game I was really, I don't know if you remember that. It looked like it was going to be like the new Django Fett bounty hunting game. It looked open world, city, uh, you're like in a Star Wars universe, a cool little space game, but it got canceled. And then Prey 2's trailer came out and it looked like it was going to be a great game where you were like a bounty hunter in some space world and it got canceled. So like... I'm constantly looking for these space games and they're giving us these cool ideas, but they're never producing anything. So I'm searching, I'm searching. I finally come across Star Citizen. And honestly, I didn't really care too much for it at first. And that's why mm, I didn't okay. back it in 2013. I backed it later in 2014 because I was finally like, okay, I need something. <laughs> and and the, the 325 was a cool looking spaceship. So I, I picked one up. But ultimately, I didn't actually start playing and caring that much about the game until around 2017. Um. And that's when I kind of started to get more into content. So the way that that happened, to, to make that short, is I met my wife, mm -hmm. well, at the time, girlfriend, and <laughs> <Wow>. uh, <laughs> at the altar, oh, hey, here we go. Crazy, you just run into your wife, wow. Yeah, um, I just walked by an altar, and all of a sudden there was my wife, and then we just said, let's, uh, all right, I all right, guess we'll cool. go home. I guess we're married, yeah. Yeah, we go. So yeah, Mrs. Tomato, uh, is she's known around the community, and she actually runs the channel and the Discord in our our work together and um at the time i talked a ton about star citizen and i didn't really have any friends who cared about it most of my friends were very not interested in hearing it so i talked to her about it thank god i didn't scare her off because eventually she was like hey you know what you're really really passionate about this and you're really good at talking about it why don't you like start talking to other people about it yeah as you don't want to hear it but like, i feel like my wife is the says a similar thing but in a less positive way like <laughs> would you just go like make a youtube video because like i'm you, you lost me at some point <laughs> <laughs> no she she's actually really into the game probably more into the combat than i am but uh she's ultimately the reason that i started to get into posting content and it kind of picked up from there and honestly that's the reason i started making content because of star citizen i mean a lot of people are like hey why don't you cover other games i only cover star citizen because i liked it enough to do that i didn't start doing youtube yeah. and, and look for a game to cover so i'm still yeah. waiting for more games to you know get that interest it's it's actually a really important thing that's a really good quality that i actually have noticed about you and we were kind of talking a little bit about this in the pre-show for those of you who are just kind of curious but like you can almost like you can see the passion behind the game and if you're passionate behind the game that can help drive the content and when you see content creators who get who are like oh i don't like this game anymore it you feel that in the content but not only that but you feel like that well they've made their whole career about this and then and then it's just like oh what do i do and then it's you got to keep making that content so it, you feel the burnout on both fronts especially and that's always a risk as a content creator and passion i think is the the balm the cure uh to driving and that should be what drives somebody's content otherwise if you're driven by any other thing like i, I just see people burn out from yeah. making content all the time and it's and like I, oh you, yeah go ahead and then well star citizen is not a difficult game to burn out on i mean it's it's a great <laughs> thing that they're building and it's a lot of fun and it, it truly like there's nothing else like it but this right. is a guy i've seen people so many people burn out on this over the years uh players and creators and employees it's it's a lot when you're building something this big it takes a lot well, not just this big but obviously within the time span of the game's development and you know as i've been catching up on like 10 years of information there's still no like you know 
you know, we don't know what, like, when, when, when is this coming? And, oh, I've seen rumors and leaks talking about, like, hey, the, the, the goals that they're working on right now in game are to drive what we saw in the Squadron 42 trailer, like those features into the Persistent Universe. I think that's, the, I think that's the right call because I saw things in the Squadron 42 trailer and the, uh, the engine trailer that I was like, Oh my gosh, that fixes this problem that I actually I actually was having with the game when I was yeah. saying I'm having a hard time reading the font on screen, even with somebody who's got great vision. And I was like, I, why am I struggling with this game's font? And then like I see the trailer and I'm like, oh, that fixes it. Like I can I can read exactly what they're displaying right there. And yeah. that's something that I'm I'm looking forward to. I, I think we talked about it on your show. I was like, what are you most excited about? I was like, all the quality of life updates that they <laughs> pretty much just laid out. It's I was huge. Like, yeah, the game's I mean, already huge, and it's still just an alpha. Like, because you said it, there's nothing else out there like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's yeah. Well, that's the, I think that's part of the strength of this game. The this game would not have worked without the community. Obviously, it's community yeah. funded, but like the the passion, like you, if you have a question or you have a problem, like you mentioned, somebody has had it. Somebody has mm-hmm. shared about it. Somebody has put it in an issue council, a Reddit thread, a video on YouTube, something. So like. For 10 years straight, the Star Citizen community has been dealing with people both simultaneously yelling at them for being scammed, yelling at them for grifting other people, and they've been dealing with the same glitches that constantly ruin their game that generally it doesn't feel like ever get fixed. So like the strength <laughs> of this community has been molded by <laughs> just Adversity, fire. Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and that's I think that's part of why it's such a joy to jump into it. And obviously, you know, I think having having perspective is good like not Mm -hmm. everything is great (laughs) but like jumping into this and being able to just enjoy the experience of a sci-fi community not even just a game just a community that's that's interested in the space game is uh the best part of it i think yeah the uh, the thing i'd add though is like one of the things that i realized about this game and as i learned especially with all that's coming but all that is planned is that like there isn't a Thing like it meaning from a developer's perspective like they're creating the technology that doesn't exist and so that for me automatically starts giving them a lot more uh you know like i guess just yeah you take your time like get it right you know like yeah i get it i understand like you guys are you're forging into the unknown uh that that means that essentially what will happen in my opinion is that when this game comes out it will set a new standard for what it means to especially be a, you know, space-based RPG in an online world. But beyond that, like all of a sudden, imagine if Starfield 2 drops and they don't have kind of the travel system that that Star, uh, that Star Citizen has today, mm-hmm. as opposed to like the way that they launched. And it's like, it's going to feel like you're stepping way back in time because just like with Baldur's Gate 3 dropping this year, a game that was in early access for a very long time, I remember playing it uh, the first day and then being able to play it when it released. So I was like, wow, massive differences. Is great. Yeah. But like it also comes out and sets a, I think a new standard, which is not a bad thing. It's just that I'm I, what, what I see in witnessing within the studio uh, from a developer, like that's cause that's what I do. I'm like, Holy crap. Like they're, 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 they're crazy. They're just nuts. Like this is, this doesn't make sense. Like the only reason this exists is because they're passionate and they want to will this thing into existence. And there's enough crazy people who also want that thing to exist. And they're willing to actually step up and fund it with money. Like the economics behind this don't 
pan they out. Don't make nope. sense. Microsoft yeah. is not coming in. You know, Activision isn't coming in. You know, Sony isn't like they're not like, yeah, we want to we want to risk all this money on an idea. And then yet you've got then you got Star Citizens like, all right, hold my beer. You know, yeah. hey, and then people show up and that's crazy. And yeah, that's it's it really is people will you can compare this to a lot of different things there are crowdfunded projects there are space projects and there are indie projects yes it's not it's big so people don't want to call it indie but like you get the idea Baldur's Gate is indie this is indie whatever and it has no has no meaning anymore (laughs) yeah and and like you say like there's not really anything quite like this because it's just you can't do this it doesn't make sense like the when you look back at how this is still happening the amount of things that had to happen for this to work, like going from in, you know, of any game could have come out, right? And had an impact on Star Citizen's hype because mm-hmm. it nailed the feature better. If Elite Dangerous, for instance, had released Odyssey and its planetary stuff was was up to stuff, it was up to par, that would have had a huge impact on this game because I remember around that time was a big boost in people coming into star citizen even more than this year people were coming in that year and a large part i think because of elite dangerous you look at something like the pandemic happening that pushed a lot of people into star citizen at a time when right when star citizen was getting its persistence and becoming a better game to play long term you Mm -hmm. look at um now persistent entity streaming and server meshing hitting a big milestone now right as starfield is coming out and showing people that it is difficult to do these transitions from planet to space like all of these things happened over and over on top of that a hundred million dollars per year going into this video game that still, yeah. you know, for a lot of people isn't finished. It's still in development and, and right. it's technically in, in, in an engine. It's, it's insane that it's worked out. And um, <laughs> I think, well, I hope at least that what you're saying is true. When it comes out, it's going to be a, a new type of game. Cause when you look at what they're preparing, you know, you yeah. think about the amount of gameplay you can get around a planet. We don't have games like that. You don't right. have to just have a, game where you can go to such a large hub and see such a differing amount of content some mmos i'm sure but on this scale i haven't seen it yeah haven't seen it yet it's going to be interesting to see how it uh how it kind of settles in a way because no matter what one of the problems that i see within mmos i'm very curious about your perspective because also like i come from the rpg background i stepped into uh mmos with final fantasy 11 that really kind of like cemented my love of the sandbox mmo and when it comes to, when it's all said and done, I understand why theme park MMOs do so well, because there's a lot of mind share in whenever it releases an update. There's a lot of marketing that comes uh, to play whenever they increase the overall, you know, uh, like it's a it's a it's a Ferris wheel that you're you're on. You're on this hamster wheel that you're just kind of running around. And I get mm-hmm. why that works on us uh, from a psychological perspective. And sandboxes tend to historically since the release of World of Warcraft struggle because uh, from a casual perspective from a solo player perspective like you get you gravitate into uh, kind of this ease of access and quick fix etc but that's where like star citizen has been such a like a, a breath of fresh air because for the longest time i'm like yeah sandbox mmos they don't stand a chance uh when you look at the online narrative because no matter what you'll see a spike in the population when the game comes out as people are going to check it out with a hype and then they leave and then the narrative is like look how much the population dropped after the hype wore off so how can do you, you give think, a, an ahead. example 
of a game like that? Uh, uh, most recent one would be New World, uh, Final Fantasy XIV's Endwalker expansion. Also saw a uh, similar dip when the uh, when people finished the expansion of the story. Uh, name actually any MMORPG. If you go look at their trajectory from any kind of charts that are tracking player population, it's, it's ebbs and it flows and it ebbs and it flows. And so that's as opposed to as opposed to the theme park ones that are just constant. No, there's no uh, theme park that is constant. It's oh, actually, okay. you go look at, and they all have this, like, okay, the content came out, people spike, oh, I see, and I then see. they leave. And then what you end up seeing online, at least what I end up seeing online that frustrates me is that people are like, look at this percentage of players that left this game. Uh, and they try to use that to say like, this this means the game is bad and it's failed, et cetera. And it's like, oh, but then as long as you can be funded, you just, the next content update has, the, has a similar effect. Spike. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and dip. And then what you end up building is trust. And so do you think the Star Citizen, uh, when it comes to just that concept alone, do you think the developers have uh, have built a level of trust that when this game comes out, that not not the just the impassionate players that are, but even those that have been, you know, burned out and stepped away, feel like that ends up being, you know, like, hey, they did fulfill the promise. They just didn't happen in the time frame that either I expected or that was communicated. I don't think they're going to ever stop trying. So at, at some point, yeah, I mean, I guess the question is like, what, what, what could be the end point at some point they, they either have to reach their goal or run out of money. Um, yes. I, I think that they can always find ways to make money. <laughs> this is a, this I, is, a, this I, game haven't is... Even, I haven't even begun to fund this game. I'm only, <laughs> I'm only in like $160 and I'm like, budgetary for 2024 i'm thinking i'm easily going to hit concierge well depending on how my content does because that usually ends up funding my budget (laughs) i will always i will always stress to everybody it's one of the things i say on most of my streams is that um the best way to honestly if they don't fulfill their promises not be pained Mm -hmm. is to not spend too much money uh to to buy in for the minimal play the game as you will always assume that it's going to fall short and you won't be disappointed but honestly what they are making is going to be uh, something special. And I think they're going to fall short of the things that they've said. 100 systems, I maybe it'll happen, but I'm not holding them to that. Honestly, look at what we're getting with one system. Um, the, the, the economy, the way that they've planned it out with mission givers able to spawn from a virtual NPC that has been gotten a reputation just from doing crimes, Maybe that'll have, maybe it won't. I don't know. But the things that they are getting into the game have proven that they know gameplay, they know design, they know visuals, they know lore, they know all the things they need to make a really good game. And they have the absolute coolest tech in the industry behind them. So whatever it is they're going to make is going to be really good. And I've been looking for a good space game, so I'm I'm Mm -hmm. cool with that. I just hope that they stick to their pillars of sort of design of how they've been building the game over the years. How do you feel uh, Squadron 42 is going to impact the overall mood around the game? Because I would I would estimate that Squadron 42 will actually be a released game uh, prior, <laughs> beforehand, uh, before the Persistent Universe uh, takes in, uh, into that into the flight. Mm-hmm. And from that, and building on that same question, the concept of when do you see Star Citizen going into beta from the Persistent Universe perspective, because in my mind, I'm wondering, do they launch Squadron 42 while the Persistent Universe is still in an alpha? Or is that where you start to actually kind of say that, hey, Squadron 42 is out, and there happens to also be a new milestone 
that relates to the persistent universe. Squadron will be out well before um, Star Citizen goes to beta, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be interesting to see what that means for Squadron as Star Citizen continues to improve and we see more polish added to these features. Is that stuff going to go into Squadron? Is it going to be regular quarterly updates to Squadron? So if you're playing Squadron once a year, is it, is it just always going to play different? Are they mm -hmm. going to kind yeah. of hold Squadron where it is and save all that stuff for the next game? Because there, there's going to be a, a chapter two. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, there's there's definitely going to be we'll be playing squadron before we're playing the PU in the same state, which is going to be cool. Cause we'll get a nice, basically time travel of what the PU mm -hmm. might be when it's playing smoothly. Um, in terms of beta, I've been jumping back and forth on that. To be honest, I, okay. gosh, <laughs> I could go through the years and tell you all the different times that I thought it could come to beta. But <laughs> I think the most recent are there videos that you've made that are like, <laughs> Hey guys, here's oh, what I no. did. Oh, okay. I thank like, God I've have, never have put you a video. cemented it in Ooh. internet forever no. history. I've probably typed it in like a Reddit comment somewhere, but okay, nobody yeah. knows that same. So we're safe from that. Um, <laughs> the uh, no, it was. For, I would say, as of two years ago, I probably would have been like six years, um, and even earlier this year. I think as recently as probably a couple weeks ago. You know, I'm still uh, like I said, going back and forth in my head. I'm jumping between four years six years eight years like we're at a we're at a point now of change again i had yeah. a, actually one of the videos one of my most proud videos uh yeah. it goes over like the history of the game and it talks and it splits it up into phases it talks about phase one being around 2013 to 2015 focused only mostly on mostly on getting this idea of star citizen out there and and solidified 2015 2017 expanding scope creep planetary mm -hmm. features that stuff 2017 to 2019 2020 was like they didn't really seem like they had a direction but they were yeah. producing stuff so they're right. like throwing stuff out there and it's getting made from 2020 till now it feels like they finally had direction they were getting a lot of their stuff together we saw the gen 12 renderer inventory system um persistence the uh um gosh what is it uh the server size has gone up so you also Those, have like I, the replication layer and essentially yeah. the the distribution. So like when I look at the technology stacks, like those things are finally starting to come together, which mm -hmm. then accelerates uh, the pace of development. And so yeah. like when I think when it when I talk about development, when usually behind the scenes, I don't know if any like if there's any devs out there, they'll probably recognize this. But I always think about it in terms of velocity, and sometimes like you know like when I look at the frustration that I've seen a lot of people express, I'm like, oh you know they had a they had an incorrect velocity idea they thought like hey we'd be here by now but then you run into real life challenges you run into burnout with employees like these yeah. people aren't you know they, you like hey you, you're free to go find you know get other jobs sometimes like that that is the the healthiest option and so however like building off of that like because i can't share any frustration with anybody prior to me playing the game for the first time in november but when I look at it now, it's like it seems like a lot of the foundation from a tech stack perspective has been set. And that means I, I you know, what what I would presume it would be a faster velocity. And Matt in chat's like, you know, he's estimating three plus years for the beta. And then Squadron is in 18 to 24 months. And I would I would go and I would I'll, I will state I think Squadron is 18 to 24 months from now. Like that's 
that makes a lot of technical sense based off of what they've communicated. We'll see if it pans out or not, but I'm absolutely like that's the right time frame in my mind for Squadron. And if it's any faster, like then my expectation for that that <laughs> for it to be beta, like will actually increase on that. But yeah, that is I think a very healthy yeah. time frame. But velocity, I think, already feels improved because like my Discord's been flooded by like some awesome people that it's been good to know. And it's like, oh, here's this coming. And this is what they're looking for for first, first quarter 2024. I'm like, oh, man, I wasn't, <laughs> I didn't even know I wanted that. Now, I, now I'm now i like, I can't wait to play. Oh, it. man, you should, you, back in the day, we had four quarters of, of what they wanted to do. Yeah. And that was rough. So it, it's nice that it is one quarter. But I do think that we're going to be a little while. Um, usually at the beginning of the year, they spend like January doing a lot of planning internally. And we don't really get a lot of anything. So those first three weeks are rough, but then we get like a big update and we get an idea of kind of what the year is going to look like ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what does it look like for you from a content perspective? Because uh, this will be a little bit more inside baseball, but you, you just recently released a lore video. And if you guys have not seen his lore video, please go watch his lore video. We were kind of talking shop beforehand and it's like lore videos are always like weird pace videos that a lot of people are like, Oh, I really want lore. <laughs> I want to, I really want a lore video. And then the YouTube either doesn't push it out to anybody or you see it in your feed. You're like, I'll get to that later. And then, you know, you forget about it. And so lore videos tend to be uh, like struggling, but how do you feel about like that level of effort? And you know, when, especially when we start looking about just the next year for you in terms of your content, there's a lot, there's a lot to get into. I, me and me and Mrs. Tomato, we've been talking over the last couple of years and we, Generally, I mean, we, we talk about our content every day, but mm -hmm. probably a couple every couple of months, maybe once a corner, we we sit down and we talk about the general direction of where we want to go and Star Citizen. And we've seen this trend over the last two years or so that um, a lot of the content that I make, news updates, uh, what's this feature, what did they say during this video, that stuff has always done very very well in star citizen and it's always been the main content that has done well that's why uh the big channels are channels that do that kind of content obviously mm -hmm. it was about probably around 315 ish 312 around that time uh it started to the game started to become playable for a lot of people and over the last year maybe year and a half you notice that gameplay videos have been coming more and more popular yeah um so that's always been one of the things that i've wanted to do where where gameplay videos like you would see on daisy more cinematic more prepared and that's one of the directions that i'm slowly going mm. to be moving in when i play the game like when i'm streaming i want to start to focus more on that so that's one thing that we want to do but there's there's a lot of opportunity with star citizen now because there are so many more people coming in it's not even just the game itself that's changing it's just that people are interested in more stuff so um kind of it's an open open map right now for next year. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. What um what 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 is the th one thing that you wish like either your community knew about kind of content creation and your approach to it? Um you mean like a behind the scenes sort of Yeah. Hmm. Um I want to say that let's see. Well, Making a video is not as straightforward as you would think, I guess, mm -hmm. is that like when you when you want to make content for the game, 
you know, at first you kind of are going to just put everything out that, that you're feeling because YouTube doesn't know you, even if, I mean, it doesn't yeah. even have to be YouTube. Like if you have a website, right. And you're posting a blog, you kind of just put all your thoughts out there so that you can, your audience is, it, it comes and they, they respond and you're like, okay, so this is kind of what I should focus more on. Um, once you start to actually focus more on stuff, it gets really exhausting trying to figure out like okay so is this something that actually i should focus on right now like we were talking before we started about that timing is such a big thing yeah and when you say things like oh yeah on youtube you have to be consistent most people think they mean consistency and timing but it's it's content and it's like when you're thinking about making a video about let's say a new ship mm -hmm. maybe you can't just make a video about the new ship maybe you need to make a video about the the ship's design or the the fact that the ship is the first to do a certain thing it, it can't just be a ship video what's your favorite thing and feature of uh star citizen oh boy does it have to be out <laughs> no actually let's break that up into two questions like currently in the game mm -hmm. and what are you most looking forward to what feature i think currently my theme favorite is the tractor beam because i think that's just the most successful feature they've ever released they just like Almost every feature I haven't they even put seen out. the tractor beam. What is that? You haven't used the multi-tool tractor beam to move? No, anything? no, no. I have oh not. man, yeah. I'm no, still it's... like every time I step in, it's like I'm I'm I learn something new, and I'm like, oh. So I'm, my goal, uh, you know, every time I sit down to play is to to you know to retain some you know some new thing and add that to what I've defined as the game as being very skill based because it's like okay, yeah. there's a lot going on, and then as it becomes more natural, that becomes a a skill and I, I saw a great comment kind of making fun of my piloting skills and i'm like yeah they're not ready <laughs> Definitely <laughs> not still ready. i've been here for a while mine still aren't <laughs> um my yeah the the tractor beam though is it's this little multi-tool attachment you can get you can put it on your your uh your hip just like a pistol and it allows you to move boxes around it allows you to um pull yourself to objects in zero g it allows you to disconnect and reconnect components and weapons from ships. It's pretty powerful, and mm -hmm. they've been updating it throughout the years. And it's just like, I mean, if, when it comes to features, a lot of features they'll put in, and they just kind of, they're hit or miss. Uh, they might need an update later. There's, there's always something. But the tractor beams came in, and they, like, immediately had a difference in the gameplay. They changed the way people were playing Xenothreat. They changed the way people were looting. They've allowed, to, they've allowed them to expand on it and bring in other functionalities. So that's definitely been one of my favorite features. Um, in the future though, whew, I think my favorite feature in the future is kind of a, a area of features, I guess, and that is, or design rather, and that okay. is the, the, the information in the game being a commodity. That, that data can be a traded valuable thing that has reason to exist in the game. Can you talk to me more about that? What like what do you mean by that? That sounds so interesting. Where like we know our data is traded, you yeah. know, in, in today's <laughs> world, and yes, it has value. Thanks, yeah, <laughs> thanks for the platform. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of like that. I mean, the idea of they they introduced this concept of citizen concept. They've talked about it a lot in the past, and I hate how mum they are about it they like they'll they'll mention it a little bit and then yeah. they'll just shut up about it for two years and they won't say anything and it's really exploration and everything that surrounds that and they talked about it at citizen con this year when they were talking about maps they kind of hinted at it you will have to download these maps so the idea is 
if you're if you're an explorer and mm -hmm. um you specialize in the magnus system you fly out into an asteroid belt you mine you find a huge deposit of quantanium you have okay. that point right and you 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 save that data point for yourself now mm -hmm. like a gun you'd put in your backpack i don't know what this data point would be in let's assume it's your computer and your your ship okay that is now actual physical like not physical but like tangible valuable product cargo. yeah right so yeah. now you can go and you can sell that to somebody or you can keep it for yourself or you can give it to your org and they can add it to their map and everybody in the org has it, it hmm. it's this idea that you're not just getting all the things that are physical like a normal game would do you are able to create con create engagement create data create value yeah. create you know yeah it's in, it's crazy great. to me Oh so my gosh, that. dude. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like that sounds great. Cause then you like, then I, I think about it in terms of the sandbox. It's like, I remember a lot of people telling me about uh, star Wars galaxies as a game where it's like, Oh, what did you do in that game? And they're like, I created a shop and that's what I was. I was a shopkeeper yeah. and I just did all these things. And it's like, Oh wow! Like okay, like that's that was like for me at the time. I was like, I want, I want combat. Like, well, you're not going and killing and failing big beasts. But then now, as an adult, as somebody who's like, yeah, with the kids, like, man, creating something where you know people keep asking me, they're like, well, when this game launches, what do you see yourself doing? And it's like, so they talked about outposts. I was mm -hmm. like, that sounds great. Set up an outpost. I might just farm materials and supply them to the market as this yeah. just like what do you do it's like well okay occasionally friends are online and we go maybe we'll go run a mission or something like that we'll go do something you know take out some space terrorists or something great you know <laughs> or what am i doing i'm just mining <laughs> i'm just yeah. out here just providing value to the overall bigger you know story and world that you know all of, like yeah there's a giant space battle that's going on between these two orgs okay cool i supplied the material that allowed yes. them to do that like that yes, just feels so magic of it that feels so freaking cool and that's one of the things that i'm looking forward to like when they, they laid that out and i think the thing that keeps me from just going you know full into this game as kind of like this is my home now is that there isn't a persistence because of the server wipes that do happen so it's like yep. yeah i'm gonna play around i'm gonna see what's going on with it but knowing like I'm not going to make that full level of investment of my time because the next update, you know, could potentially, you know, restart my progress. And I'm like, I'm OK with that. It's it says alpha. I'm, I'm cool with it. Yeah, I, I was, knew what I was getting into. It used to be every quarter, too. I mentioned in 2020, they they updated their persistence. Mm -hmm. uh, before then, it was every single quarter, no matter what, everything you did get got wiped. So oh, wow. it's like, yeah, you're just playing in three month blocks. You also couldn't buy or rent ships in game. Chat saying, uh, KBM says, when do you think Gen 12 will be out and how will that make Star Citizen better? And so I have a question on top of that question. What's Gen 12? <laughs> <laughs> Gen 12 is the um, really arbitrary name that they have for their new um, graphics renderer. It's they named it. So the, re the previous one's called Gen 11 because they created it when dx11 was being used gotcha so naturally they're upgrading and they're just calling it gen 12 it doesn't mean it's dx12 um it it's just the naming convention that being said i think it does whatever support equivalent DX12. To dx12 or whatever yeah. yeah but the main focus of it is to enable the vulcan api so oh, nice. it's really just a big update to the game in terms of how they render and hopefully taking more load off of the render thread or the 
main thread. I don't remember which way, but they're trying to offload the CPU more, basically. Um, when will it come out? Well, Gen 12 is in the game. They implemented the first version, I think, at the beginning of this year, the end of last year. Uh, what we're waiting for now is... So they they had three milestones they had to do with this. They had to get Gen 12 in. They had to switch over a lot of the stuff that was... I'm not, I'm not going to butcher this, but there were, there were three levels. The last one is entering in the Vulcan API. That's what we're waiting for now. That first quarter next year, maybe. Okay. Hopefully. Yeah. Sounds like a lot seems to be right now on target for first quarter of 2024, which for me, it was like as somebody who's like brand new. I'm like, all right. <laughs> That's yeah. For somebody who's been through it a lot, I will say that um, doesn't that happens a lot and then it doesn't yeah. pan out. Right. It'll seem like a lot of stuff is like right on time for the next quarter. And then it turns out it's like two or three quarters later. So there's a good chance that it won't be in the next quarter. But this is something that like they were pretty well along on this summer. Yeah. So, so what if it is, though? Because one of the things that I get from just that answer alone is that you have a good look outlook on on the game, on development, that things can happen and will happen. And unfortunately, time frames suck. However do you feel that if it does drop first quarter that if you know all of a sudden they're like hey we're targeting this and they start hitting these bigger targets what what impact do you think that's going to have on the game and the community well i will say this i'm perpetually um feeling good about the game so <laughs> good <laughs> take me with a grain of salt <laughs> i'm i'm always more optimistic and generally that means that my beginning of the year outlooks are a bit off yeah. especially this year and I think that's mainly because I went by Chris's letter for the chairman, the letter letter from the chairman. And uh, I think that was ultimately based on a lot more successful things happening with persistent mm -hmm. entity streaming. So I think the biggest thing that it will do for the community is show that they're not really running into that problem as much. Yeah. And they've shown that more. This It's been getting better over the years. The roadmap, shortening the roadmap was good. Um. I think over the last couple of years, their teams have gotten better at delivering content on time. And if they just started hitting more of these big, big, big things when they said they would, yeah, I think it's just going to continue that trend. That's going to be interesting to see. The uh, I see some people in chat talking about like <laughs> uh, ginger and uh, goes real well with tomato. And I, in my mind, I just keep going back to we make a really good sauce. <laughs> yeah, like good ciders, man. Right? Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. All right, let's. Uh, I got one more comment here, and then we'll uh, we'll continue on. Uh, Matt says uh, the most exciting upcoming feature for me is the Endeavor. They advertised it as one of the modules that will allow you to tinker with ship components to get more performance out of them. Can you tell me more about what the Endeavor is and what this, in terms of tinkering with ship components, uh, has been shared? Well, the Endeavor is the godship of star citizen like if Ooh, when people yeah. ask me what's the last ship i usually point to the endeavor because it's just this insane it's this crazy platform i don't know how long it is it's got to be a couple hundred meters long at least and it's kind of like this long strip of ship and then it has four connecting points on either or two on either side that basically can just house these massive modules that do things so they've got mm -hmm. like a farming module so you could just be making the, your drug cartel out in the middle of space Please. um they've got a repair module which is what's being talked about here which is basically you could be floating out in space and put out a beacon and say hey you gotta you got into a dog fight you need some help come and land here and we'll we'll help you change out some modules and uh and repair your ship they've got like a <laughs> i think it's like a 
particle accelerator or something. It, it just science module, which I guess is going <laughs> to somehow create science. I don't know. And uh, I think it's, it's just like my... a massive scanning telescope module. It's like a space telescope. So I'm assuming that will be for deep space, deep space probing and stuff. So it is a ship with a ton of functionality and a ton of game design attached to it. So it's going to be a while. It sounds like it. What, yeah. what are your what are your upcoming thoughts, especially as it relates to engineering? I saw a recent video for Morph that were going into the changes uh, with big ship travel. And as somebody who loves player choice, I love the the that there's going to be kind of that positive and negative. I think balance. One of the things that I when I see a lot of gamers complain about like game balance, I think it's that a game needs to have a a positive choice like a, a perk that happens that's a part of this choice and a negative right so that it's like everything kind of has the balance comes from that there's everything has a strength everything has a weakness and then the strength being like oh with these big ships you can hold more people but there's all this thing all these extra things that you need to actively be aware of do you think that's going to be a positive change for the community a negative one where do you fall on the big ship changes well i mean imagine if do you think star citizens pay to win so, oh man, that's a great question. Um, I think pay to win is something that is a derivative online term that just gets labeled and thrown at any game. And so we've diluted what it really means where as a player, if I can sit here and outspend you, I will defeat you every time. And that says, and that really is more in my mind when you have a game like a tap targeting game that's really stat based and driven mm -hmm. because you can then, you know, like, hey, I bought this sword and I, it gives me plus 100 over anything that you like you can't. There's no equivalent out there that you can do um, that will allow you to have this this advantage and I will win every single time when it, things shift to skill based systems. It doesn't matter how much you can spend. I could still technically be a better player than you and I can destroy you each and every time. What I'm trying to say is that there is a weird fine line. And when it comes to the online discourse around pay to win, I just tune it out. I'm going to mm -hmm. have I'm going to take the approach of I'm going to go in. I'm going to go in understanding what the monetization of a game is. And then I'm not going to complain about it because that's I don't know. I just. I see a lot of people who are so against any kind of funding for games. They're like that. I, I just, I'm like, all right, I, I just, I can't, I can't deal with you. Uh, like, you know, in this, at this moment, what do you think? Yeah. Well, the conversation around it is definitely exhausting. Um, for star citizen, I think they are, they're in a dangerous place, but I think mm. this is one of those things that they're doing to help out with that. There's, we have the ability to buy any game. Or any any ship really, and yeah. not all the time, but they they go on sale. And like, yeah, you could, you know, one person who has a super hornet's going to be better than somebody who has, or or rather, somebody in a super hornet could be better or worse than somebody in uh, an F. Now that's not a good comparison. A, a gladius versus an F eight C lightning. You got one really weak ship, one light fighter, one heavy fighter. Um, One's much more expensive than the other. And so if the person who buys that more expensive ship goes up against the other one and kills them, they're just going to assume that they're better because they bought stuff. The same goes for like bigger ships. Bigger ships cost more. They do more. If you have a ship that's, say, a three-person ship, but you have control of all of the weapons on that ship from one seat, suddenly it feels like you just bought three ships 
you know, and you have all this power and you could just use all this stuff whenever you want. It, Mm -hmm. it ruins the point of maybe going out in that smaller ship or maybe preparing your ship for, for, for something that's going to happen. Like the downsides have to be able to counteract the ability to, to just pick these things up or there's no reason to not fly them all the time. And engineering is just one of those things. What people don't realize is engineering is including roles. It's including Mm -hmm. the ability to lock out responsibilities. So you're not going to be able to do all of your stuff from your pilot seat. You're going to maybe need somebody else or you're going to have to get up to go to the other side. And go do the thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so if you, and that has that risk reward benefit of the player, like, yeah, you can play this solo, but (laughs) like, it's not going to like do it all for you. You need to be very well aware of these things. And that's where like, again, like a smaller ship might end up being kind of that better approach. Now I see uh, kind of a comment in chat. That's kind of about this. It says, what do people who say Diablo immortal isn't pay to win because you can earn everything in game with enough time. And one of the things that like when, when I say the, the pay to win conversation is always interesting is that, Whenever you have a um, a mechanic that lets you earn things in game and also purchase those things, players, no matter what, will do the math and they will do the math as it relates to whatever their hourly rate uh, rate is. So if you're sitting here and saying like, yes, I can earn this in game, but it's going to take me a thousand hours of grinding to be able to get said item but I could just spend $20 and get the item right now. Like that's where that, that becomes a problem. And no matter what people will always do that math because you start to evaluate what is your time worth uh, to the game. And so the, the thing about that and with me is that I think it's a lot about understanding the relationship with the developer uh, and trust and trust within the developer. But I would say to anybody who's watching and listening, like you're an adult. I'm not here to judge you on your spending habits. Um, at the same time, like I'm not going to sit here and, 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 and get so nitpicky that, you know, to not recognize funding models have changed subscription are, you know, MMOs just don't cut it in a world of things like game pass and subscription fatigue. Like, you yeah. know, when it comes down to it, like game pass is the, is the biggest threat to the MMO genre because it includes MMOs. And it's the same price as what traditional subscription-based MMOs are. And they give you hundreds, if not thousands of games, which you can then go and have your theme park, you know, dream right then and there. Yeah, yeah. So Diablo, though, is uh, like in, in to kind of push back on that because it isn't, you know, there, there isn't a, it, I don't see this as a binary problem. I see it as a degree, you know, degrees of, you know, uh, a value. It, Diablo Immortal was like a real break of trust with Blizzard and the developers. I do not think they handled that game anywhere near where it should have been uh and it does feel very egregious in terms of that and there's a market for that there's a market there's plenty of gamers out there who are just happy to swipe their credit cards and 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 throw their money into whatever pit uh and and then they just move on or they wail out hard on a video game and that's unfortunately the the industry that all these games exist and that's why for me something like star citizen even though yes i can purchase a ship for money or i can earn it in game I don't feel like I have to purchase it in uh, and yeah. that essentially that it's that, that pressure and that, you know, that ends up being uh much, much more enjoyable for me. And hopefully any of that made sense. Cause it's a, no, I <laughs> it's agree. a big topic I mean, there. You don't have to purchase it. And I think one of the biggest things, one of the biggest reasons people shouldn't play the game right now is because it can burn people out to go and right, play yeah. the game be like, Oh, I don't have to buy these things. So let me just 
earn the ship and then it gets wiped and it's yeah. like there's a reason they have to wipe the game i want people to be able to enjoy this and not have to deal with that so don't play it yet mm -hmm. right yeah. even if you're looking forward to it because you don't want to have that kind of a bad experience oh, i just lost the light um <laughs> you, you don't want to have that kind of a bad experience face tomato after dark <laughs> <laughs> it's the problem with plugging a light into a computer for power um but uh the it's not just the engineering that's also going to limit this for people it's like you're gonna have to worry about your hangar fees you're gonna have to worry about insurance you have to worry about the upkeep of of i guess components is part of engineering but like yeah. there are it's not just engineering that's balancing this out and i guess pay to win probably isn't the best term because like you said it's it's degrees of this i've seen people argue that uh, a glamour item something that just makes your character look different is pay to win and i think what adam is saying in chat also reflects this is that what is people like what is your definition of winning if your definition of winning can only be accomplished with with money let's say unlocking a specific look like this is a, an exclusive you know like then i've seen people make that i don't agree with it and but it's like people have over abuse this this label so much that i'm like all right i'll see for myself <laughs> the at the end of the day i think they need to be aware we need to have a reason that there aren't 890 jumps idris's javelins and pioneers flying everywhere all the time right and no matter what kind of gameplay balance people want there has to be a reason that larger ships are indeed harder to use it just mm -hmm. doesn't look right if every ship that's out there in the verse is a huge very expensive very nice ship so yeah. they're gonna have to come up with a way for demanding ships to be less flown and that doesn't have to be large ships it could just be ships that take a lot of power the argo srv is probably going to take a lot of power yeah. the arastra is probably going to take a lot of power because they have other components that do a lot on their ships and i i the fact is is like what watching and seeing that you have these like i would call them aircraft carriers in space like that that can be player owned. yeah go to your thing I'll, I'll keep talking uh is that uh really is something very exciting but i when they're talking about engineering when i was watching morse video i was like yes like you're absolutely right having that level of balance so that when you sit down to play and travel as a part of these these ships it's all about that player choice the advantage yeah. is we there's things we can do there's you know safety in numbers like what you know like hey we're gonna travel as a fleet and we're gonna do these things versus then like okay yeah i'm gonna just gonna go run out jump into my one man you know ship and then and and, and jump into different areas and that's also i think going to be interesting to see how they actually have the gameplay mechanics outside of engineering because i felt like i took the um i ran in during aie or aei i'm dyslexic so it all gets jambled it gets everybody confuses it <laughs> yeah you know so it's like uh but like rented um was it the reclaimer or something like that and it was like the flying that like how i was like this already feels way different from anything i've flown before and i almost got everybody killed which was just like i was like, i'm so glad i didn't because <laughs> so i was like come on let's get this figured out and then literally on the the first person shooter mission like everything was going real well and then i was coming back to to land and uh, at the space station and i messed it up and it yeah. went poorly landing I was like, gummit. Gummit, uh, man that's a rough oh, one i do wonder like do you think they'll ever add in any kind of like um ease of flight mechanics that would that players could take advantage of especially that might not have like the hand dexterity like when we think about accessibility it's a great topic mm -hmm. uh, i saw a lot of pushback against elden ring and that's one of the games that i'm just really looking forward to also kind of diving into uh here in the future um 
but I saw a lot of pushback on Elden Ring that it was like, oh, it's not accessible. It's not, you know, this is a, this is a game that I feel like people would make the case like games should be playable by everybody. And I don't actually agree with that take. However, there is a level of accessibility that, uh, that does kind of prove kind of almost a, in a, an enjoyment factor where something is just tedious for being tedious and doesn't really add value. Do you feel like any of like w- what's your take on accessibility within the star uh, citizen universe? Well, I think this game suffers from lack of accessibility. It's at an alpha state, so I guess that makes sense. Um, I have heard that that's generally the time you want to focus on those features. So that is something that they think they should focus on. But at the same time, this game will have so many key bindings. Um, and it's it's also going to be... There, it's just, it's a very complex game. So I'm sure there are going to be some places where it's just difficult to to work with that kind of stuff. And you had just, you started out this question with an example. I wanted to, um, could you repeat that again? Cause you had, you brought something up, but it's so the example mind. would be something with Elden ring, especially when it comes to accessibility, a lot of players stepped into that game. Uh, it was very well hyped. So it ended up reaching a lot of gamers. And then you end up running into the issue where somebody might not be skilled enough because of maybe a disability or, or what have you, uh, to be able to play and enjoy the game. And then it became a big conversation about game difficulty. And that's why I sided on like, no, this Elden Ring's Elden Ring. And if you can't play it, like, I'm sorry, but we shouldn't water down the experience for, you know, everybody just so that, you know, somebody can can play. And then the, the pushback on that is that we'll just add in difficulties, right? right. So it's like, you know, okay. Well, so yeah, I think there's there's two levels to it. There's like accessibility for people who actually have a a physical or maybe a yeah, I guess a physical reason that the game is harder for them to play. But then there is also the actual difficulty of the game. And this mm-hmm. this might be a bit of a hot take, but I don't think it should be easy to fly ships. You know, I, I think right. I if this game is playing how it should play, I don't think most people should be flying ships mm-hmm. all the time. And I did a video on this at the beginning of the year where I posted a poll asking hey do you, like would you spend 50% or more of your time not flying a ship and more than 50% of people answered yes so i think there is a lot of people who won't be flying as much and mm-hmm. that's before all the gameplay is in the game right now but it should be difficult to fly a ship because then it makes it more important to have a good person who knows how to mm-hmm. fly a ship that you can yeah. hire right Agreed. so yes they're making these jobs and in doing things that are more difficult this goes back to engineering as well by by making gameplay that is more difficult and also maybe not fun for a lot yeah. of people, you're creating jobs and opportunities for other people to do that. So yeah, accessibility wise, I think that they should put effort into it. Definitely, you know, text size, UI stuff, that kind of thing really should be a focus. But there is a certain point where you can't do so much to a game that you make yeah. it available to everyone. Oh yeah. That's that's always the the debate, especially when it comes to the MMO uh, and the genre, because it's a lot of people are like, oh, take a classic MMO and make it modern. And then the question is, is like, what features should they turn on and what features really define that era within the uh, within the genre? And I, I would say, like, for me, within like <laughs> within Star Citizen, and this is just because I don't have the skills yet and this, there's a, conf- a lack of confidence. So hopefully what <laughs> I'm about to say isn't blasphemy, but I would pay in-game credits uh, for, like, at some point when I'm getting close to the space station or whatever, for the ship to take over and, you know, dock or, or do what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, you do it manually or 
like I would I would literally be like, okay, just give me the ability to you know spend ten thousand credits and it's just gonna <laughs> it's gonna land me in safely. Yeah. Like well, you know, <laughs> some kind of like you know give or take. But that's like that's that's kind of what they're talking about with cargo, right? Like you, mm-hmm. yeah, you want to go and ship a bunch of stuff to this place, but like I don't want to. I'm not trying to spend twenty minutes loading it. I'll pay somebody else to do it. So yeah, it'd be nice if like. Have you heard of the AI blades that they've talked about? No, tell me about so, that. So that might be something. We have our avionic systems in our computer, so each component has subcomponents, and our mm-hmm. com- our, our ship's computer will have subcomponents called AI blades. Okay. Yeah, different things, maybe like the ability for your turret to target better or something like that. So maybe they'll release an AI blade that's like auto land from a distance or something, which would be <laughs> which would be fun. And you again, there's that consequence. You know, you're taking up a component slot, but you also don't have to land. Yeah. Oh yeah, it gives and takes. You get player like uh, anything yeah. that helps incentivize player choice in that. And then in this case, like for me, I was like, oh man, like what is that so that I don't have to worry about this one thing that I struggle with in this game yep. that makes me nervous to fly out and to fly back in? Where it's like, yeah, every I got everything else done, mission went smooth, having a good old time. And so that's that's the only thing that really came, that comes to my mind. Where I was like, man. It would be great if there was like, because like, like when you get close in, I can do Alt N to have it actually like set the the ship down. And I was like, oh, I like that, man. It'd be great if like, oh, you're you know, five hundred meters or you know, whatever, like the distance away. Would you like to mm-hmm. <laughs> let the system kind of handle yeah, this for you? Exactly. Yes, please. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. I'll pay this for is that. Is the one part of the game I hate. Can you yeah. just handle that for me? Thank you. Yeah. And, but then there's a cost to it. Like, it's not like, oh, yeah, the game's just, you, you know, because then everybody would always just do that and you kind of miss out on that immersion. Like, yeah. there should be an ebb and flow and a, and a give and take that's, in my mind. I think that's the messaging that's missed a lot when they when they talk about things like uh, the food system or the cargo system or the engineering system. People are like, I don't want to do that. And, yeah, like, they forget to say, hey, the whole reason this is in the game is for a money sink so that you don't mm. have to do it and you just pay for it. But, yeah. Now, uh, Skukho, hopefully I'm not butchering the name, uh, says, feel free to ignore this if you'd rather not to get into it, but are you aware of the issues surrounding the recent Adventure 1 video and the kind of behavior it ha- it was in Star Citizen? So, A, no, unfortunately I'm not, you know, uh, aware of it, but you were shaking your head, so it sounds like there yeah. is a, a, a wider uh, information about it. Are, are, are we good to talk about this? Because I don't know yeah, what the, no, we the can, issue we is. We can talk about this. It is important. Um, there's really two issues. I didn't watch Avenger 1's full video, but I did watch his first one. Um, I got caught up a, a bit on this second one. Um, so I don't know absolutely everything. I know the gist of it, but there have been obviously like all video games, cheating rings in star citizen and <laughs> you know, they've been found in various ways. Uh, yeah. so last year there, there's a group, there's a couple of people who have, you know, put in the work to try and get into these rings and, you know, see what they're doing and how they're doing it. Um, and there were some legitimate cheats. People were pulling crazy turns and like firing guns at ridiculous, um, rates and teleporting across the system so it was like stuff that could that could really balloon out of proportion i don't know exactly how that's being handled by cig obviously they're going to have their own sort of process of going about this but the video is basically about the aftermath of what happened when that was found out and sort of how that's all going um that's bad and i think it's something that people should be aware of that cheats can happen and that if you do see them it could be the proper time to report it to CIG. Doesn't mean that you're going to get mm-hmm. somebody banned. It just means CIG might follow it up. So yeah. don't see it as attacking someone. Don't tell someone not to report it because it's rude. 
you're not just going to get banned because of one one claim. Um, I think one of the things about bans, because I've seen this in different MMOs and how they handle it, my personal preference is that there should, you know, needs to be a reporting system. There also needs to be a level of uh, just like whether it's a monthly report uh, that doesn't need to go into detail of who all got whatever, but mm -hmm. just like, hey, we've done this. We found this. We've cleaned this up. These are the account. We banned thousands of accounts because what I end up seeing sometimes is people feel like they're reporting like oh, that there's a bot and it's definitely, you know, like doing this. I keep reporting them and, then, and nothing ever happens to that. And then they lose that. um trust that they that their report is even doing anything they're like i'm not mm -hmm. gonna waste my time because they're not even looking into it so i feel mm -hmm. like even with any of those systems and you know in place uh, there has to be some level of just kind of transparency into like what actions were taken because what i might assume is a bot could just be a really efficient player that day or something like that and then maybe they didn't feel like chatting or something you're, you're basically you know? describing the issue council <laughs> people are like are they actually fixing our bugs but yeah i mean we're We've, we're very accustomed to reporting. What I really hope they do is they bring these reporting tools into the game. Because having yes. to go to the website to do them is yes. just not, it's well, not great. Same thing with the feedback. You know, because I've, uh, you know, one of the things that, like, I'm, like, yeah, I'm playing an alpha. I want to make sure that, like, if I run into a bug or an issue, that I'm doing and helping out. Because that's the one of the ways that, did, like, you know, like, I, I write code mm -hmm. that works perfectly every time until somebody else gets, goes hand on with it and then they're like oh this doesn't work and it's like yeah. oh yeah i never actually you know like I, I i thought of these scenarios and then you did the like the one thing that i didn't even imagine anybody would ever do right and then then it didn't work and so it's mm -hmm. like that's where it's like yeah like i want to help out because i might do something that nobody will ever do and i want to make sure i report that one yeah. of the best ways to do that is in game every time you got to go to a third you know a third party same thing with like youtube stuff like we've already got Right now, 43 likes. Thank you guys so much for hitting the like button. Nice. But I know that the overall, like there's a percentage of engagement that happens whenever a call out uh, or a call to action happens. And because of that, it's like, yeah, it's important to do that because I forget one of videos until someone says, oh, don't forget to do it. I was, oh, yeah, I, I need to do that. But that there's a that's still such a small percentage. And so to say like, hey, you're playing this game. Oh, go to a third party website. Like that's that's a niche within a niche of players who are willing to take that 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 leap and, and jump in yeah it's it's it uh and that goes for the guide system as well they need to move this stuff into game so it's easier for players yeah now you could even hire like you could end up making that a system of where like you know what i'm gonna put myself into a guide position and i'm gonna be racking up you know payments mm -hmm. uh, as kind of a quest and somebody's gonna sign up for that and we this is the game is just gonna manage that for us yeah yeah yeah. So there was a second part to to all of this that happened. And this is the part that I am more aware of. This is actually, in my opinion, the worst part. And that okay. is that um, at at CitizenCon, a member of the community was physically assaulted oh. based on in-game gripes. And that was probably, mm. I, I think that's what's been focused on the most by the community, at least from yeah, what I I've mean... seen. Because it's, it. this is, this is. You know, Star Citizen is a difficult game to play because it's an alpha and there yeah. aren't enough rules to protect players when they should be protected. There aren't enough rules to tell players what they could be able to do. So mm -hmm. there's like a lot of misunderstandings. There's a lot of bad things that happen and people get pissed at each other. And I understand taking that out in game, but like when it moves to real life, um, yeah, no, that's that's definitely not OK, especially at a community event like that. Yeah.
Well, that's good to know. And that's unfortunate um, that that happened. That's that that sucks because that all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, we're we're playing games. We're, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think it's, in my mind, I, it's just easier to especially just agree to disagree and be like, all right, like, you know, we have a, you know, we can just exist or we can exist separately. The, the game's big enough in that regards. But that yeah. sucks. That sucks. That's a that's a kind of a bummer. And um, so <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I think people should there's a there's, uh, I think, a, a little bit of a debate about how people should handle this stuff and when we should be mentioning this. And I think mm -hmm. it should be clear that anytime anybody who is part of this community is being harassed, we should be standing beside them. We I agree 100%. This is a strong community. Yeah. And like I said at the beginning, it's the game's only as good as it is because the community has been here through the rough of it for the whole time. Right. And I think if somebody else is going through the rough of it, we, right. we should have their back. Yeah, I would say like anybody who disagrees with that mindset, it's that transparency is actually more important when you start to say, oh, let's just, you know, uh, shove all the things that we don't want people to know that happen within the community under the rug, like then it can fester and it can it can end up dominating essentially the overall look and feel because it's what you end up what ends up being signaled is that, you know, oh, our community is great. But then it's like people get in and they're like, no, there's this really dark side that everybody seems to say like we just don't we don't just we don't talk about bruno you know it's like okay um like that ends up i think uh, hurting the game in the long run as opposed to like listen yeah. like hey we're humans you know some of us suck um we're not going to tolerate it we're going to you know like yeah, yeah. and that, i think okay that's, that's a good that. sign of hell it's perfectly fine to say it i i think the people who are like oh but people will think that this is negative about the community is like no 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 i don't think anybody real you know anybody's assuming that people humans aren't playing this game okay but let's not sit here and you know we don't need to we don't need to be like hey guys here's the <laughs> drag them out we don't like every day like put them in the in shackles that'd be an interesting uh in-game system uh player shaming <laughs> you know it's like we've all right every cheater like yeah they can't play they you know you can log in and pretend like one guy saw somebody got banned for 10 years imagine if he could still log in he couldn't talk but it's just him <laughs> It's stuck in a little cell just stuck in a little <laughs> cell thing and people could go throw tomatoes at him you know just like i don't know like um i think it's important that you know it's just being more honest and being transparent and it's like yeah sometimes bad things happen and it sucks and we're not going to tolerate it um and we're not going to sweep it under the rug and we're not going to pretend it doesn't yeah. exist the yeah. whole the whole gamer community it's not a no i i don't i don't subscribe to the idea that gamer communities have to be places of not fun interaction gamers are freaking awesome it's just another art form it doesn't have to be something yeah. crazy where everybody is like super aggressive and, and sweaty or something <laughs> we got uh time for one more comment and thank you guys all for being here as a part of the live show if you're watching this actually as a vod uh please be sure to sound off in the comments because that's a great thing that youtube loves to see from time to time so um but uh kbm uh, says do you think the server mesh stuff will work? 5,000 people on a planet, 10 capital ships in orbit, shooting, debris falling down and exploding on the ground troops. What do you think? That exact scenario sounds really cool. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Honestly, I, I'm just imagining like, because it says 10 capital ships in orbit, and I was like, man, that would be really cool. And then I'm thinking, whenever the Javelin or like Idris comes in the game, there's going to be like 50 capital ships in orbit around a planet you're just gonna fly up and see everybody flying their capital ships for the first time all floating around um but yeah i think i think it will work i mean i don't know if it's going to be five thousand people on a planet we don't know exactly what the density of these meshes will be able to allow 
Um, and that we'll have to wait for dynamic server meshing for that anyways. So yeah. who knows? But but the idea of a bunch of stuff existing at the same time in different places seamlessly, yeah, I think it's going to work. Now, before I answer this from my perspective as a developer, I do want to say and take just kind of a minute of everybody's time to plug a few things. We got links in the description uh, for Space Tomato and his Twitter. Please be sure to go and follow him. Uh, also, a few things about me. I have been challenged. I, was, I do stand-up comedy, and uh, I was asked, it looks like chat was asking, do I plan to attend Bar Citizen? Uh, yes. Uh, but also, if you're interested if, and you're in the, especially the DFW area, uh, this Saturday and then the 23rd, I have two stand-up comedy shows at hyenas in fort worth uh be sure to follow the instagram because that's essentially what what comics use to network uh so i would love it if uh you guys if you enjoyed the content that i make if you enjoy the content here in this in this chat um please go check out the instagram uh link for me and give it a follow and that's where you'll also get information and you'll see shorts and you know reels or whatever they're called everybody has a different name <laughs> Uh, for this content so uh if you guys uh, could do that that'd be a huge uh help to me as a as both as a comedian but as a content creator now also again if you don't follow space tomato be sure to do so with his links in the description of this video as well but kbm asked again about the server meshing stuff well do i think it'll work yes however do i think it's probably going to be a smooth easy transition yeah they're going to probably run into a lot of different bugs however that's going to be one of the things that when it works and so the question of if yes when no idea you know like as <laughs> yeah. to like how that actually like works uh to the degree i think what will be interesting to see and this is the question that ends up i always kind of push back on the idea of is that will it be fun is actually a better question to be to be had uh we don't have anything like that right now the question is, is that yeah, they could probably get it to work, but is it also fun? Is there is there something where it's like, yes, this is something you want to be a part of an experience, or does it something be like, oh, that's just a nightmare and a void? Now, yeah, other technical hurdles, 5,000 people on a planet. Okay, cool. How many are actually rendering to you, the player, because you also have hardware that isn't server meshing technology? And that's where I think cloud gaming will actually solve a lot of the problems. And so you might end up seeing somebody having the ability to throw a thousand graphics cards at this from the <laughs> user rendering perspective. But that has to happen, you know, again, in, in the servers and who knows. So, yeah, 5000 people on a planet. Yeah, I think server meshing is going to be a huge get for just the managing of the the data in and out to mm -hmm. keep people all in the okay yes i'm aware of what's going on all these different places will you see 5000 i i think that's going to depend heavily on the rendering engine i think that's going to depend heavily on your budget uh to to say the least but i think who knows with with the ai and what nvidia has been working on in that in that can't, same kind of like vein uh we could end up seeing like you know in a way star citizen hitting a perfect window of this new technology exists we're able to take advantage of it and nobody else is because we've already been working on this for over a decade so yeah yeah i can't give you a time frame but i i think it's going to work i don't know if it's going to be fun that's the real question in my mind that's the summary space tomato where could people find you any what 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 can you plug what can what, what can oh, we man. for you i've got a couple youtube channels people can check out space tomato and space tomato 2 if you're looking for more content that's kind of like this discussion based and analytical of the game i dive pretty deep into features uh, and that's more space tomato 2 stuff if you're looking for higher quality produced videos 10 to 15 minutes that talk about more of the big topics in star citizen then 
my main channel will uh, be a, a spot to check out. And then I also host two podcasts or three podcasts, actually. Um, and all of those you can find on Space Tomato 2. Or if you just search for Space Tomato Podcast, they should pop up. Launch sequence podcast is every week. Should have morphologists on this week. Um, and had had Ginger on last week. It was a yeah, good dude. time. Yeah, dude, it was so much fun. I really like I've it's been really great to to be introduced to so many really cool content creators. And that's what I always try to tell people is like, guys, if there's anybody out there that you like what they're doing, tell people about them. Uh, because like the YouTube algorithm never brought up any of your videos until people in my discord were like, Oh, Brian, you need to check out space tomato or, Oh, go do this. And, it's, and I was like, Oh yeah, exactly. So like, that is the best way that, especially the best free way that you can support a content creator is if you like what they're doing, tell people about it. That's that literally is like above and beyond light years of, of yeah. support than anybody can do. But speaking of support, Lee Bob drops the super chat as kind of our final question. Uh, we did not talk about PAX day, but, Tomato, are you interested in playing PAX Day at all? I don't know what that is. Ooh, okay, great. I got, uh, we won't cover it in this, in this, but we're going to get you back on. <laughs> all right. Um, I actually have a, a channel called PAX Day Central, uh, and it's a, uh, we just, they just wrapped up the first alpha of this game, Unreal Engine 5. It's sandbox MMORPG, but it's, uh, but it's built by the, the people who made Eve. Uh, and, uh, and it's, yeah, so it's, I think huh. it's going to be really interesting to see in the in the grand scheme of things so if you get the opportunity go check out some of my videos over in packs today central i All do right. like discussion topics here on, on prime but like for the like for the i love doing like focused channels to be able to yeah. kind of like just narrow down like i can make a two minute like if i can make a two minute video and the video only just needs to be two minutes like that's that's why a, a, like a focus channel ends up being such so perfect so i don't have yeah, to be like you. let me talk for nine minutes just so the youtube algorithm doesn't hurt me in this guy uh, youtube yeah uh youtube oh uh, the game all right guys that's gonna wrap us up for today we're gonna get you back on space this was so much fun so for we'll, sure you know yeah, i would then, love to and i'd love to come back on your show i don't want to invite myself but um no, we'll thank you guys you well. i so i, I like to when yeah. sorry sorry to cut no, you off ahead. when people no, please when people get into star citizen i'll bring them on right when they start and then i'll usually hit them up like three months later yeah like, okay how's the uh how's the honeymoon period <laughs> yeah, well you're 100 right there's always a honeymoon period and yeah that's why i always like when people like i, I don't know if you ever uh, had this experience but when i went to college it was always like you'd see the freshmen come in all like couple up within the first day or two <laughs> and then it was like three weeks later they're like all broken up etc it's like okay yeah <laughs> everyone's just like oh this is so wonderful yeah. i can't believe i met this person and they're like oh it turns out like yeah the honeymoon period's over and you're like yep. oh you're human back to normal life yeah, yeah. <laughs> back to normal all right guys we're gonna wrap it up thank you so much for being here hopefully we'll see you in the next whatever we end up doing together um but until then take care Radio. Radio.